Thanks for tuning in to The Right Stuff, a show about readers and writers for readers and writers. I am Rachel A.G. Gilman, a writer, wanderer, your humble host, and this week, your guest. So over winter hiatus, I was thinking that perhaps it's a bit hypocritical that I ask my friends and my professors and other writers that I'm really fond of to come on this show and share their work when I haven't actually done it myself. So... I decided that first episode of the mid-season and our Valentine's Day episode, happy Valentine's Day to everyone, that I would read my own work because I tend to write about love and dysfunctional relationships. I decided to read a piece that I wrote this past semester. The piece is called J, just the letter J, and here it goes. What are you so afraid of? Why are you feeling scared? What's the worst that's gonna happen? Standing in the moonlight, I could tell you fear doom Though nothing is wrong, no nothing You say maybe crane will fall from the sky Maybe dove will dive and die before your eyes It's too early to say It's too early to say Good night Good night It's too early to read It's too early to read By the fire light A year ago, you never could have gotten me out to Brooklyn. You would not have spotted me at a party in Bed-Stuy with a screwdriver, cocktail not the tool in my hand, a flush across my cheeks, and a guy on the couch reaching up to touch my arm to make sure I'm doing all right. A boy who is different, just like the rest of this, from anything I've ever had before. But all of these things happened, and a lot more. And the night has ended in a very different place, on a different train, with a different guy and I'm questioning what the hell I think I'm doing anymore. Thank you again for leading me back to the subway, I say to the new guy. Well, he's not the new guy, per se, not so much as he is just the nice guy who I'm trusting to get me back to Manhattan. I'm not a Brooklyn virgin, but your second time isn't usually much smoother than your first. Not that I am an authority on this matter. God, what am I thinking? He gives me the smile I saw on his fake ID when he was fumbling for his Metro card. No problem at all. Happy to do so, he says. If he were really the new guy, my drunken friend wouldn't be stumbling in front of us on the way to the J train. I've never taken the J train before. We took the L to the G to get here. My friend is barely able to keep her balance as she walks on the sidewalk, hugging the side of Myrtle Avenue. We're going to ride with her to Canal before we transfer to the 4 train. Or at least that's what he said when he looked at the subway map on his iPhone. Oh, God. The old me would be terrified of walking along in the dark without proper direction as it's going on two in the morning. Now, I'm not scared. Or so I say. My friend keeps making jokes about this guy and I going home together. We can both laugh it off. I mean, technically we are, but God, we know what she means, and we know what we're actually doing, and it's all fine. It's fine. It's not awkward, not like it should be, or how I would have made it even a few weeks ago. Things aren't fine in general. When the J train comes, we leave my friend at the station. 
She says she wants to finish her cigarette and she doesn't want to spend any more time with two goddamn kids from New York. I'm worried about it, but she insists she will text me when she gets on the train. When she gets drunk, she has a funny way with forgetting names. Who knows whom she'll end up texting by the time the next J rolls in. Her southern drawl comes out when she's sloshed, too. Kinky, she says. Tipping her baseball cap, she waves goodbye from the platform as the train pulls out of the station. So now I'm on the train with a boy, going home. And I'm thinking. I'm resistant to committing to anything that isn't directly and exclusively for me. I'm resistant to dealing with the other guy with the three-letter name. The guy on the couch who reached up to touch my arm. The guy I left at the party in a beat-up pair of sneakers and the same pair of corduroy pants he's been wearing for nearly a week straight. We've been arguing about my problem. We'll likely argue about the guy who's taking me home now, the other guy with the three-letter name who's bumping his chino-covered knee against mine as we take a seat on the train and he talks about plans for his upcoming 21st birthday. God, I can't believe he's only 20, only a year and a half my senior. Technically, we're in the same year of school, though. He's explained that. I think he can probably explain anything. It could be the alcohol, but God, he looks better than I thought. A kind of flawless skin, as smooth and tan as olive oil, not even a hint of an acne scar from middle school on the edge of his jaw, and a slightly oversized nose I recall my roommate referencing when she Facebook stalked him. After Facebook stalking me. Making some comment about how she hoped his personality made up for it. Now, said nose has mucus encrusted around each nostril from the cold he's been trying to fight the past few days. What is it about flaws that make a person more desirable? Or what is it about me? Why am I attracted to those things? I don't claim to have any of these answers. I'm just wondering about them as I feel my head spin a little. He continues to discuss himself, what he's interested in, in a way I find soothing. He talks about his stock market career, how it's great, but it's not his dream. That would be sports writing, hence his original English major out west before a reality check in a gap year. Drunk people really do share a lot. He must feel something for it beyond the money, though. There's a passion there, hidden just below the surface. I can practically see it. He knows which neighborhoods are up and coming in the city, which people will invest in property or companies to make it worth it in a few years. I counted two beers and a few chasers alone while my eyes wandered over him at the party. But he's ridiculously articulate, a degree many, including the boy with the other three-letter name, can't reach sober. Dear God, I don't know how he does it. He's a real adult, and it's f***ing terrifying. Do you like him, he asked me. It's sort of in the middle of his other thoughts, perhaps the only indication he's drunk. He doesn't bother with the other guy's name. We know whom he's talking about, drunk guy on the couch. No, I like him just fine, I say, leaning my head closer to him. Um, no? Why did I bother saying no? What did no add to that sentence? God, this guy smells like new clothes, the one from the fancy stores with guards standing at the entrances. I have a love-hate relationship with those stores. They never hire me for summer jobs. Liking him might be the problem. If you like him, agree to be his girlfriend. He stands up, leans in toward the subway map to trace his finger along our route before sitting down again with a loopy smile. Fine, there is a sign he's a little drunk, but each time I look at him, God, his eyes appear a little brighter, a little more sparkly. That's probably the alcohol in my blood, too. Or is there something else, he asks. I've already told him about the something else. The boy you wrote the book about? He listens to me. It's amazing to have someone not only listen, but also remember. I'm not used to it. 
God, why aren't I? I don't know. Well, I do. It's because of the boy I wrote the book about. But that's not the point. It's not really about that. It's just not what I want, I say, trying not to trip on the words. Other passengers on the train are looking at me. I must be speaking loudly. He slides closer to me, shrugging and trying not to yawn. I guess I'm boring. I am. God, I am. I know. I think I think his problem is he wants to go back and do it all over. He wants to perfect what he has left, make a different choice. He's regretful, and perhaps he wants to validate things with you. That sounds good, great, yeah, but I have no desire to be a validation for anyone. I have no interest in helping anyone fulfill a dream of ending a college career with the perfect senior year. I did that last year for the boy I wrote the book about, or the boy I stopped taking the Lord's name in vain for, or the boy with my virginity. God, it ended terribly. I am not a pawn in a game, a device in a story, or an object of desire. No, I don't want to be, and part of me feels like being his girlfriend would entail this drama, this immaturity I flung off quite a long time ago, and I won't go backwards. And I'm not interested in the stress. I'm not interested in the boy on the couch, if that's the deal. I understand it simply isn't worth it to me, not anymore. That's a strange thing to admit. I'm my own person. I'm becoming an individual. I don't want to give that up to be with him. He's not worth... God, I just don't want to. I don't know if I want to do it for anyone, okay? The boy on the train puts his hand on my shoulder, some sort of a gentle smile simmering across his face. My roommate is wrong. There's definitely something charming about him. God, it's something wonderful, something good, something surreal. It's something I've never had with anyone else. If I were my mother, she'd tell me I'm crazy for not falling in love with him, for having overlooked the soon-to-be stock market mogul, we can only imagine, an all-around got-it-together guy. After all, I am the got-it-together girl, or at least I'm trying to be. People seem to be buying it. They'd probably like us to keep it together. Together. Whatever. He isn't the guy for me to want. I'm already entangled in someone else's life. The guy on the couch. I kind of want to be pressed to discuss this issue, but he won't do so. I know he won't. He's perfect, this boy on the train. God, how did I end up on the train with him again? Tapping my shoulder, I turn my head and look at him, wondering if maybe through my somewhat drunken state, if I said what I was thinking out loud. I wouldn't really be surprised if I had. I've only been drunk once before, two years ago. That night ended poorly, too. That's when I lost my virginity. God, and then he broke me. God, 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 I just want to forget about it. I don't want this to end badly. I don't know much, but I do know that. The guy leans in. I wonder if he's going to try and kiss me. I might not mind that, which is a little confusing and fairly contradictory. If the guy on the couch had tried to kiss me, I would have gotten angry. I can't explain it other than to say they are different people, and that's neither good nor bad. God, it's different. Oh, now I feel his breath on my neck. It's warm, but it doesn't send a chill down my spine the way I always thought a guy's breath on your neck was supposed to do. He lets out a sigh that almost blows my hair away from my skin, and then he starts to speak again. Look out the window, he says half in a whisper. His breath barely smells like beer anymore. God, he can't be real. He just can't. I can't be this drunk either, can I? We're crossing the Williamsburg Bridge. To turn my body, I'm forced to get even closer to him, our thighs now pressed together against the dingy denim blue of the subway car seats. 
earlier he told me those trains that don't run through the main parts of Manhattan aren't as nice. The six train, that's a real catch, but the J? No one cares much for the J. God, no. I certainly didn't until this evening. I push myself a little closer and look out the window, just as he is doing next to me. I've never seen this part of the city before, where the skyline is visible from what is usually an underground train. I've never had a subway train that went above ground before, either. My list of nevers is shortening this year. Anyway, it's amazing, different, and God, definitely worth the trip up the stairs I had to take with him to get there. His exhaustingly long legs making up his six-foot frame beat mine easily, but I tried not to be winded. I'm just thirsty now, maybe for more than a drink. That's a thing the kids are saying these days, isn't it? It means something different. Yeah, maybe I'm thirsty. The skylines of Manhattan and Brooklyn meet on the East River in reflections, where the lights from all of the buildings twinkle and almost make you forget that in the daylight the water is discolored and filled with litter. I've never actually looked at the East River, not before now. Sure passed it while in cab on the FDR, but I've usually been more preoccupied with the traffic raising my cab fare on the road than whatever was on the other side of me. God, I can see my reflection alongside his in the glass of the subway car window, too faint against the more impressive sight of the twinkling buildings. We're quiet, unwavering in our tipsy smiles. I wonder if the passengers are mistaking us for a couple, or if they can tell we're students. Maybe not. He's a native New Yorker. I'm from further up north, so not really a native of anything other than trees and country roads. That's not helpful. But God, his native trait is yet another reason I felt safe with his bringing me back to Manhattan. I always feel safe with him. I haven't quite figured it out yet, why that's the case with him and not his friend, the other young man with the three-letter name, the other young man who's probably still sitting drunk off his house on that couch in those old pants and shoes, the one I am getting further away from in physical and mental distance the longer I remain on this train. God, it's really grand, isn't it, he says. He actually lets out a dreamy sort of sigh like he's in love or something. I don't ever want to go anywhere else. He's talking about New York, but I'm thinking about our seats on the train, as my head falls a little onto his right shoulder. It's not large, but it's sturdy, the way a shoulder should feel. What am I even saying now? God, I don't know. I'm not nervous, just tired. Something about this moment feels so effortlessly comfortable. I like it. Yeah, I eventually say to respond to him. Me neither. Whatever out there could possibly be any better. It's too early to read, it's too early to read by the firelight. What are you so afraid? So, Why I hope it wasn't too painful to listen to. Next week, I will be back with an actual guest, <laughs> an actual person sitting here joining me. Until then... If you'd like to be featured as a writer on the show, or if you have any questions for me, shoot me an email at rachelg at wnyu.org. Until next time, I'm Rachel A.G. Gilman, and this has been The Right Stuff on wnyu.org.